I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello friends and welcome to the second part of the Season 3 Q&A. Once again, I was answering your questions with Sophie B, who plays the understudy, and we were not recording under strict studio conditions, so please interpret this sound quality generously. Now, let's pick up where we left off. So that's actually kind of perfectly leads into Alex's question, and she asks, what are you going to miss most about the show? And also, what are you going to miss least about the show? Mm. I'm going to miss um, writing it the least. <laughs> um, no, I, no, actually, yeah, that's true. I yeah, was, yeah, the, the sort of the, joking, the, but that's not. the Wednesday afternoon scramblies when our group chat just becomes like absolutely inundated with you going, I've got to write the podcast, I've got to write the fucking podcast. What the fuck is a joke? What What's funny? Tell me what's funny. <laughs> So what's going to be the thing you miss most? Getting submissions. I was I knew I could have put yeah. money on that. The delight that it. you come into the into the listen to this someone said this isn't this so clever. Somebody wow. said this and it's amazing. <laughs> Somebody was just like, "Hey, 
What does it mean to be a person? And at what point does a shapeshifter be a different person than the person they were before? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> That's brilliant. You know, or uh, what if you wrote one in Middle English? I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. Why not? <laughs> so radical, reliable randomness. Triple threat. The triple threat. So obviously we've kind of talked a little bit about how you feel finishing Monstrous Agonies in general, but how do you feel about finishing a project that positively affected a lot of people? And I think that kind of ties in as well with Ella, who wants to know about what do you think the, the greatest real world impact of this show that you made was? I think the greatest real world impact of Monstrous Agonies is um, my friend Emma put the uh, the show on while she was getting ready to go out and was on her way to the door when the letter started it's not easy being a skellington <laughs> and emma laughed so hard and so suddenly she very nearly fell down the stairs and died <laughs> so i think actually the greatest real world impact of monstrous agonies is giving one lady in east belfast a brief vision of her own mortality <laughs> and also the subsequent branching universes in which she did indeed count down the stairs because of a talking skeleton and perish see i thought <laughs> i thought you were gonna say it's that award that i won that time <laughs> oh no no i think nearly murdering one of my best friends with with a silly skellington voice <laughs> it's probably up there yeah, uh, I when I go to the bit of my brain that is processing how other people feel about monstrous agonies, I I get a kind of like page not found message. Yes, yeah, you will you will have to excuse them, listeners. <laughs> Obviously, all of you are having your own emotional reactions to the end of monstrous mm. agonies. Um, hero is. Uh, fine. Yeah, blue fine. blue screening a little bit about it. I'm doing fine. And I I had to tell them off the other day. Literally, as as we've already mentioned, it was only two days after finishing the podcast when they started needing to do other work again. But the day after the last episode was released, and they were still in their feelings, they were attempting to answer messages and reply <laughs> to all of these things that you guys were saying, which is wonderful. Mm. But they were not leaving enough space to feel their own feelings about this thing ending. Mm. And I'm also, I'm not, I'm not good at knowing what I'm feeling at the best of times. No, it, you, you know, you, yeah, yeah. Your internal emotional compass is just constantly spinning. And sometimes that little pointer on the compass just turns into spaghetti. It's <laughs> just, just, it's just spaghetti. Around. It's just spaghetti in here. This is beans in here. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, how am I feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling like this is beans in here. Yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's find out. I'll make something and then everyone can be like, wow, it seems like you're processing some feelings. I'll be like, is it? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, I suppose so. <laughs> so yeah, I think obviously the kind of podcast that this is on both sides from the creator and the listener side, there's a lot of big emotional things going on. Mm -hmm. And so naturally it makes sense that a couple of people sent in questions here asking about how personal are the letters? Obviously people have submitted to you what are quite 
personal problems and things. And you've, I know there's been a couple of times you've come to me and gone, oh, I think this person's really looking for (laughs) advice and what do I do? So kind of, you know, there's a lot of ways in which it's how do you keep up the, the balance between A, making sure that you don't fall into the Zootopia trap, as we mentioned earlier, <laughs> also not bogging yourself down in worrying about whether or not someone's going to actually follow this advice that you're giving, like sort of trying to translate mm. it to a... And, and is there any letter that you've used as a kind of way to work through any personal issues, I suppose? Okay. You're going to have to remind me of some of this question. That's all right. We'll go back through. So so start with, is there any letter you've used as like a personal conduit for an issue Mm. you want to talk through with yourself? So I think kind of hilariously, given where we left off talking about how I don't know what I'm feeling at any given time, (laughs) um, I have very, 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 very rarely intentionally put my own emotional experiences into a letter. Mm -hmm. Um, And if I have, it's been so far removed and so monsterized basically that it's it's there and i know it's there but it's usually something that i feel kind of okay about by now i'm just drawing on on past experiences or something um i'm not someone who writes for therapy and if i do write something to be therapeutic like i keep it to myself i'm I'm not someone who publishes my therapy (laughs) (laughs) i just I, i don't feel comfortable with that um but i have had Several times I've been writing something that has, or not even writing, but like uh, got to the point of recording and realized mid recording session that I was talking to myself (laughs) about my own problems. Mm -hmm. And I I think one of the really funny ones of that was um, there was somebody and they had been recently turned and they were worried that they were just copying their friend who had also been turned recently. Um, and the response was pretty kind of standard of like, Hey, it's fine to copy your friends when you see that they're happy. That's normal. It's Mm -hmm. okay to want to be a monster. Chill. Um, but the letter itself, I remember it being a little short. I, I don't think it was a, I think it was a full letter, but I think it needed a bit of padding. But one of the bits of padding that I put in was just to say that like, they'd only been turned like three weeks ago. And and they were just feeling kind of weird about it because like was that the right decision and and is that is it all right for them to do that and and how do they know that it's the right choice for them and I realized mid sentence mid recording session that I was bang on three weeks on tea. <laughs> wow, who could have foreseen yeah. that coming? <laughs> Not me. I don't know. Sh- <laughs> um and so yeah so i don't i don't do it on purpose but i i can't i don't think you can help but put yourself into things no definitely not and i think you know the uh the again the very very last episode with the presenter through their gritted teeth presuming they have teeth (laughs) we did actually know we have we have said they have teeth we've talked about this before have we yeah i think we talked about it in the last q a they sneeze and i think there's some mention of them eating something so we were like so they must have teeth i'm sure we've talked about this Although maybe we talked about it and i was like oh wait no that was in one of the fan fictions anyway gritted teeth them going 
it is an act of kindness <laughs> and you know sort of agreeing to take a break i think um for reasons that hopefully if you've been listening to this q and a properly should become <laughs> obvious hero's not very good at doing that so i think that felt like listening to that was like ah deja vu it felt like several conversations that i and several yeah. of our friends have had with you over the last few years just going hey maybe yeah just slow down a bit just calm mm. calm down well i i remember like either the first or second q a you said something about the presenter being like me in yeah, that respect absolutely. and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> me in my podcast what? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Seems unlikely. So I think I think the answer is, uh, what's the most personal letter? Uh, you'd have to ask everybody else who knows me, because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no. So that brings us to the other point of the very long question that I started you off with here, which is an amalgamation of several questions, which is basically, you know, considering some people do put a lot of themselves into these letters... And then you have to write advice from mm. the perspective of this occasionally all-knowing, sometimes a little bit wrong presenter <laughs> who gives this advice that is, for the most part, very, very good advice. Does that ever make you a bit worried about what you're writing in terms of responsibility if someone were to extrapolate real life advice from what you're saying? Mm. Has that ever given you pause or made you a little bit unsure? Um, it used to more. It it doesn't so much now. Um, I think because I've just reached a point of like, that's not really my job. Yeah. <laughs> like, like at the end of the day, I'm not making an advice show. I'm making a fantasy mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. Like, there's this is werewolves. This, you know, this is <laughs> yes. Hello, this, this is, is werewolves. werewolves. <laughs> hello, this is werewolves. <laughs> um. Like, this is, it's not real. And if somebody finds something uh, inspiring or helpful in that, then that's great. But that's like me finding something inspiring and helpful uh, in a Diana Wynne-Jones book. She's not writing it for that. She's writing Funny Wizards or, or whatever. <laughs> I immediately forgot every Diana Wynne-Jones book I've ever read and was just like, what does she do? Funny Funny Wizards. wizards. <laughs> just funny wizards um i think i i trust my audience quite a lot to know uh yeah i mean so, quite a lot of the advice is to eat people yes i can't be <laughs> responsible for that <laughs> well you are now like it or not uh, this is what you've done this is what i've done um so no no i don't i don't think it is the res i think there is a a responsibility involved in what we take from fiction but i don't think it's on the part of the creator at the no. end of the day i think yeah. it's on us as as audience members and as as readers to read responsibly kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah just got to get some critical thinking in the chat just get some yeah some media literacy yeah. and if 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 somebody isn't able to do that that's not on me that's the thing like I, and and i think overwhelmingly like my interactions with listeners has has been very very clear that people are engaging with this critically and thoughtfully and and as helpful and interesting fiction not as oh i should go and eat someone <laughs> like <laughs> you know and then uh, the other side of it is 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 part of the um 
I wanted to make something that was going to walk that line of of being monstrous, but also like extremely domestic. Uh-huh. So like, yeah, some of the advice is eat, eat people. Um, quite a lot of the advice is also like talk to citizens advice. Yeah. Go to a library, ring a charity. Mm-hmm. Express your feelings to your partner. Yeah. Like, just, say just how you feel out loud to the person whose behaviour you're trying to influence. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't really worry because either the advice is pretty meek and mild or very obviously silly. Um, and yeah, and and at the end of the day, if somebody applies the advice given to a Dracula. It's facing discrimination from his estate agent and tries to apply that to their own life and it goes badly. I don't think that's on me, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, at some point in the future, you might end up finding yourself being called to testify. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I'll say. I'll say, I don't think that's on me, man. We got some questions for you, Sophie. Would you like me to ask the Sophie questions? Yeah, because otherwise that's just going to be me talking to myself. Yeah, and I'm just going to be sitting here like, hmm, cool. I mean, that's that's what I've been doing for most of this. Yeah, but that's your job. You're the understudy. I'm the star. <laughs> Nobody's tuning in to listen to you. It's true, especially not this season when I didn't have oh, an episode. I knew you were gonna... <laughs> So, Sophie. Raven Cactus asks, does the understudy take extra baths when she wants to be on the radio? Do the baths make the understudy extra teleportable? Does Station pay her for her work? Or is it a magical internship? (laughs) So first of all, no, the understudy doesn't take extra baths when she wants to be on the radio. The understudy doesn't (laughs) want to be on the radio. The understudy just ends up (laughs) being on the radio. I feel like there's quite a lot of the understudy's life where she wouldn't mind being on the radio, but it always happens when, when she's, she's in, in the bath. bath. No, exactly. <laughs> um, the, I think the the choice to make her in the bath was because throughout our friendship, it's been, I mean, we both love a bath, but I love to spend a lot of time in the bath. And we mm. we started getting to know each other during lockdown proper and I spent quite a lot of lockdown proper in the bath because there wasn't anything else to submerged do. for half of 2020, <laughs> like only six months. It's <laughs> very surprising that I'm not currently a prune. So mm. um, it's, it's not that she wants to be on the radio, therefore she takes a bath. It's she takes a bath and the universe decides it is time for you to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's no there's no teleporty powers. There's nothing going on there. It is literally just. I also don't imagine. I don't imagine the understudy getting teleported into the station. No, it's that just suddenly there is. I always imagine it is like a just mic suddenly and a live on air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just like one of those old timey style, like you know, the big circular style mics yeah, is just yeah, suddenly yeah, yeah, hanging absolutely. down in front of her mandibles. Um, uh, does station pay her for her work? I can't imagine that that's a thing that happens on the Nightfolk network. No, well, but she doesn't get paid. I think the state. I think station is a vastly more than living wage employer. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think. I don't think the. I don't think the Nightfolk network is 
f***ing around with unpaid internships. Have you even listened to the damn show? I'm not saying I'm not saying it's like an exploitative unpaid internship thing. I was thinking about it's it. It's just as one like, of those things where you get people to work and don't and don't pay them. No, I was thinking about it as a sort of like volunteer type run thing. I don't think the presenter gets paid. I think everybody else does. All right, that's fair. I think the presenter is like weirdly like I don't know what the presenter's deal is. Um, whatever they've got going on, it's weirder than a job. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think Mab and the understudy have been hired, and you know I see, I see. Uh, but it's not it's not an internship. I don't think the understudy would appreciate being referred to as an intern. The un- the understudy is grown. Yeah, no, it's not happening. Radical Reliable Randomness, Triple Threat, says, Can you let Sophie B tell us about Cats 2020, please? <laughs> My darling Triple R, there is no Cats 2020. <laughs> it's like the live action avatar. Mm, it just doesn't, mm-hmm. just doesn't exist. exist. There is no war in Barsing Say. <laughs> it's Cats 2019, and there's also Cats 1998. Oh, there really actually isn't a Cats 2020. No, there isn't. There isn't. Oh, I thought we were doing a bit. I, I wasn't just being an absolute twat. No, oh, no, it's 2019. <laughs> it was it was Christmas 2019. One of my favourite things about that is Cats 2019 was genuinely quite a lot of people's last outing to the cinema before COVID happened, <laughs> um, which is incredible. Um, yeah. Cats 2019 is an abomination um, for mm-hmm. different reasons than most other people think that it's an abomination. My reasons are personal <laughs> because Cats, Cats 1998. My my cousin and I talk about this quite a lot. He's he's a few years older than me, but we were both only children, raised sort of quite close to each other, and um, we were both really obsessed with Cats 1998 to the point where, and we're both very gay and. Uh, for me, it was almost impossible to imagine how anybody could become gay without having seen Cats <laughs> 1998. It's just, it's the root. They watched Bartok the Magnificent instead. Uh, you know, I mean... <laughs> no, I think Bartok gave me ADHD, not... <laughs> <laughs> he personally turned up and was like, here you go! With the <laughs> But yeah, so Cats nineteen ninety eight is is very important to me. There's that there's that now very famous clip of um Hal talking about when he was trying to figure out what the what the plot was and he was like, Andrew, like talking to Andrew Lloyd Webber, like, you know, you got it, is it about Queen Victoria? Is it about colonialism? What's it about? And Andrew Lloyd Webber just went, Hal, it's about cats. <laughs> and that's <laughs> And you know what? It, yeah. it truly is. It, it is about cats. I think that's pushing it, frankly. I, I don't think it's about anything either. Well, no, it's about it's about cats doing a song contest to see who I'm can not, get I'm reincarnated. Not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, no, uh, no, moving on. No, you have to because they asked. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> this is why we, we can't have a Sophie section. <laughs> Art asks, cue for Sophie, favourite musical brackets, not cats. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh-huh. and what would be your Jellicle name and why? Oh, 
Great questions, Art. Great questions. Brilliant Art. questions. So I love how much the word jellical has featured in my podcast. <laughs> in terms of favorite musical, it's difficult. One of my favorites definitely is Sondheim's Company. I think Sondheim in general is pretty brilliant. I've got to say this quite quietly because my mum is next door and she really we'll hates burst into the room. <laughs> oh, I mean, at least I don't like the sound of music, which um she really would disown me if I ended up liking that musical. So yeah, no, I really love Company. Um, I have a tattoo of a line from it, which is really lovely. Of the newer sort of swath of musicals, I really like the the Beetlejuice musical. I think it's a really cool updating of a classic film and story and, you know, staying true to it. And I think um, Alex Brightman is just like, what a performer, so good. Right? It's just incredible. What a guy. <laughs> Guy? Boy Alex? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> um and I I gotta you gotta give props to Rocky Horror. Like that was again, that was a family film for me. Like my mum sat me down in front of that as a mm. quite young child and was like, learn. Well, your mum really wanted a gay kid, huh? Really, really did. Yeah, <laughs> really no. Really putting in the hours. And, and uh, she fully succeeded. So good job, yeah, Annie. Good job. Um in terms of my jellical name, this is a really difficult question, actually. Um just because A I don't think you get to choose your jellical name. I think no, that would be silly. Yeah, no, it's just you know, it's the it's the name that comes to you. It's kind of like you know, um, alahibres, the sort of the Mexican carvings that are meant to be sort of like an animal that is part of your soul, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you, you aren't meant to be like I'm a wolf. Like you right. see the alahibre and it like calls to you and And that's the same as having a jellical name. Yeah, this this lovely mm -hmm. Mexican custom is exactly the same yeah. as having a jellical <laughs> Just... name. <laughs> well also also you are like you are the most Sophie Sophie I've ever known and the it's only true. Sophie I've ever met who really cares about being a Sophie. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe your jellical name is Sophie. And you just bypass the whole situation. And like on your birth certificate, it says like fruity noodle or something. I don't know any jellical names. I don't know what a jellical <laughs> fruity noodle. Like. You've got bomb ballerina. You've got I'm jelly not, no, Lauren. No, no, absolutely you've not. Got... <laughs> no, you got fruity noodle and you're happy with it. <laughs> you do know jellical names. You know magical Mr. Mistopheles. Shut up. Shush. I'm not talking about him. He's a sore point for me. <laughs> Romantic slime creature. Does Sophie B know what the understudy was going to say in response to the accusation of outing the Jellicle Cats? The increasing clarity that the Jellicle Cats are an in-universe conspiracy theory that the understudy enjoys is so funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, romantic slime creature. Do I know what the understudy was going to say in response to the accusation of outing the Jellicle Cats? The understudy doesn't give a shit about things like that. If you think back to the Understudies episodes, in, in comparison to the presenter who is very measured, um, the mm. Understudy is your problematic fave. Like, <laughs> that's, that's how I think of her. She's kind of like, again, I've mentioned this before, but there's a podcast I love that I listen to that Hero hates and really takes the piss out of me for listening to, which is basically two 
LA girlies chatting about sex in the city and fashion and celebrity No, they're gossip. not. They're not. They're just, they, they, the, the, the episode that I overheard, they were just like, yeah, I went to this wedding and I wore this dress. Oh my God, I went to this wedding and I wore this dress. Wow, that's really cool. What was the food like? It was pretty good. Oh, amazing. Just for hours. Hours. That conversation lasted for about a single minute, but... <laughs> This is this is how I feel about the understudy because they quite often they're just like yeah we're probably this probably isn't the correct opinion to have but I don't care and I'm like do you know what I can fuck with that and so yeah I think the accusations would fly in and the understudy would be like what do you want from me I don't get paid to do this <laughs> so, <laughs> the presenter's like they very much do get paid to do that we do pay we're all very sorry. On- <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I think um I think she would think that if you are a jellical, you have a responsibility to come out and say you're a jellical. Problematic. <laughs> this question has gone into the Sophie segment because of who you are as a person <laughs> on a molecular level. Yes. Alex said, What was the in-universe reaction to on-air kiss? Ah! Yes! Let's go, lesbians! Love heart, love heart, love heart, glittery love heart, glittery love heart. And I put it into your section because you love RPF. (laughs) Okay, I'm... I would like you're a to pervert and a freak. I I enjoy RPF in very specific circumstances. Okay, so we talked a little bit last Q and A about people shipping Mab and the presenter, and kind of because obviously there was some little tensiony, tensiony bits at the end of season two that were little hints towards where we're going. So last time I said that I think at that point there would have been like a very niche little group of fans who were like hey, uh, (laughs) did you? And it's kind of cute, I think, just on a wider scale to imagine like creatures at like 2am texting each other like, (laughs) OMG, did you hear what they just said to each other? Another pot plant? Just propose already. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did you go to Madagascar? I went to the plant shop. (laughs) Just like a Discord group that's like... Shay's long mention. Shay's long mention. <laughs> Shay's long in the chat. Shay's long in the chat. <laughs> they have a Shay's long emoji. Oh, they do. A canonically hideous Shay's long, I should say. I think for the majority of the Night Folk Network listeners, they will have probably been annoyed to have been hearing kissing on air because we have discussed having to listen to kissing. It's yucky. Not that nice. Not that nice. But for those like, and I think the following would have grown since we last talked about this. I think people would have gotten their friends into it. I know that when I ventured into the sinful world of RPF, (laughs) I initially did it as a joke. And like so many things. It's amazing how many things start like that, isn't it? (laughs) And I remember the day I was sat on my bed with two of my friends and we were all sat reading different things next to each other. And I'd read this one thing that, I, again, was started as a joke and then ended up being very much not a joke. And I was being very <laughs> emotionally affected by it. But we'd all had discussions before as friends about like, I would never, I would never, no, not in a million <laughs> years. Yeah, yucko, not for me. And I remember just sitting there and then finally going, 
I've been reading this thing and I need to send it to you guys because it's really good. And then we spent the next several hours sat next to each other, all just reading as much of this pairing as we could get our hands. And I just think that's what would have happened with Mab and the presenter. Yeah. I think I think also there's like, so a lot of, not a lot, but like there's a few letters that reference the thing mm-hmm. with Mab and mm-hmm. the presenter, usually in a kind of, you're a station manager, if that's what we're calling it wink, these wink, days. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And the presenter's always very like, shut up, shut up, all of you <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I am not going to dignify that with a response, but also <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I, I was re-listening recently and got to the episode where somebody mentions famous members of the creature community from the UK and Ireland and uh, and is like, uh, you were on my list. And uh, by the way, your Wikipedia page is fascinating, especially the personal life section. <laughs> and the presenter's like, why do I have a personal life section? It's because you're gay, babe. <laughs> but uh, so I think there's like, I feel like the presenter and Mab occupy a kind of social strata that is not i mean maps a f-ing fairy queen like she's not f-ing around like she's like yeah she's not small potato no this is it i do i do think that mab shows up in the magical tabloids all the time yes but i think more than that i think i think i think mab and the presenter are they're like they're known they're not just a pair of long-lived people like they are figures in the 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 creature world and not in a kind of fly-by-night big brother contestant like you know pop star kind of like this is this is like like i'm trying to think of any old people and i'm just like ian mckellen he's the (laughs) oldest man i know this is like if ian mckellen was dating napoleon (laughs) you'd know about it (laughs) Yeah, you you, really you know? would. You would know about that. You would know about it. So I think there's the fun, silly RPF shipping side of it. But then I think there's the, you know, these are like the stately homos of England. Like mm-hmm. this is like, maybe more like Henry VIII and Napoleon. <laughs> I've, I've completely broken. <laughs> there is no response coming. <laughs> Or it's like if if like if like Gandalf and Elrond hooked up, you know, like they're not just guys, you know. It's not just like Boromir. He's not just a famous guy. These are like, oh, you're like ancient, yeah, celebrities. Well, I also think obviously you've got to think about the fact that they were together before. So there's there's the history there. So there'll be people who remember it the first time round. Oh, and they are just battening down the hatches. Oh, absolutely. They're like, no, absolutely not. I can't do this again. I'm just not strong enough. How many times is this now? They're what? They're like four times divorced? Five? Like, And like, I don't think they were ever legally married. And it's like, I don't think that would stop them. They are the (laughs) most divorced people in the world. They are. They absolutely are. So we've now come to a section that you have helpfully labelled as MISC. MISC. I don't know what these are. (laughs) It's the biggest section. Obviously, if you hear your question, you know it's yours. Good job. But we might not necessarily say every single name, depending on how quick we end up going. But we do love you, and you are a part of this relationship. Yes. (laughs) Mummy and Daddy love you very much. Which one's which? Are you Mummy? Yeah, of course I'm Mummy. My Daddy. Yeah. 
your dad, your daddy. Dad is a very different energy than <laughs> daddy. I think you could be daddy. I think you could be daddy in a very like Pedro Pascal kind of way. I'm quite short and I only grow hair on one side of my chin. Yeah, but you'll get there. <laughs> and the opposite side of my upper lip. <laughs> It's fine. Don't worry about it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay, so the triple threat wants to know, do you think a ghost would live in my computer and help me with work if I asked nicely? I think they would, but I don't think you would like to have the kind of ghost that is like, now I have left the mortal plane. It's time to rise and grind, baby. Eternal unlife. Time to get to work. I don't. I don't think you want that kind of ghost, babe. You probably could. You could, but, but you, you shouldn't. shouldn't. Spaced modulator. <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen that his pronouns are he, him, hungry, which is <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> ten out of ten. On their long overdue holiday, what are Mab and the presenters' favourite breakfasts in bed? Are you trying not to say pussy? <laughs> I'm not trying very hard. <laughs> I think Mab enjoys pastries, croissants, coffee. I think the presenter enjoys pussy <laughs> yeah again we haven't ever confirmed whether or not the presenter eats um but they eat pussy like a madman so <laughs> right just eat pussy like a champ <laughs> brilliant excellent i think i think mab invented pillow princessing <laughs> a witch named ed who has just started a new job so good luck with the Congratulations, new job ed. Witch named ed. i love that i gasped like i hadn't told you that <laughs> patrick stewart acting uh, yes, Ed should be starting a new job this week, I believe. So, hello, Ed. Happy job. Happy job. Ed says, bouncing off the absolutely wild inclusion of Saoirse Ronan in the response to one of my submissions, what other celebs from our world do you think would be members of the creature community 
in the Monstrous Agonies universe. I did make Saoirse Ronan a, a werewolf. I did do that. You've been quite desperate to get the Kardashians in this podcast. I think they're not, though. I think the Kardashians are just the Kardashians and the presenter has been running a gossip segment based on absolute nonsense that Mab has been telling them about the Kardashians. Oh my god, I would love that. <laughs> and so the presenter's like, and apparently one of these Kardashians has sent another one into the nether realm. And Mab's like, yeah, that totally happened. That, that is really happened. Hey. absolutely something that Kim would do to Courtney at the minute. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. After after the Dolce & Gabbana wedding for Isn't one out. of them called Rob? <laughs> Yes, but he's. We don't really bother with not, him. Not Kieran. Not Kyle. Not no. <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Oh, that would be ridiculous. So uh, the answer to Ed's question is probably not the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I think quite a lot of celebrities from our world are creatures in the Monstrous Agonies universe, but it is entirely up to you which one either seems like the most likely or is the funniest. The next two questions kind of cover similar-ish topics, so we're going to squidge them together. Squidge, squidge. Sneak peepee. Sneak peepee. Would like to know if people would like to make audio podcast transcripts for other shows on the station, would you prefer an announcer's fan fiction or a spin-off? And then the other question, which is also from... I wish named Ed with a new job. Uh, would you ever consider creating an album of the music segment on the Nightfoot Network? Sort of spoken word, original songs, uh, and with sort of fan involvement. So basically kind of, you know, how willing are you for people to get involved in expanding the monstrous agonies umbrella with or without your involvement? Yes. Um, and I put those two together because the answer is sort of the same. I'm not looking to to do anything particularly fancy with, uh, you know, it's there. I might go back to the universe. That's that's fun. Um, but I don't have any plans for like, I mean, the idea of like an album of the music segment of the Night Folk Network sounds amazing. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, and so this is more just a, a sort of opportunity to say that like, it's out there now. You can do what you want with it, pals. Like, go, go wild. Um, whether you prefer to announce it as fanfic or a spin-off is actually a, quite a boring licensing answer. So if it's a spin-off, then you'll have to deal with the Creative Commons license and the the nuts and bolts of that and uh, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas if it's fanfiction, it can just be fanfic and it can just be a fun thing that you've put out there. In both cases, you can't make any money off it. That's That's the main thing. You can't do it for commercial purposes. But yeah, uh, so I'm I'm not going to do any of these fancy and exciting things. If you want to do a fancy and exciting thing, I encourage you wholeheartedly to do that. And the way that you present that is up to you, but does involve different things depending on, on the decision that you make. And I think the main thing as well is like your ask box is always open. So if someone is making something and they're not sure, they can always just pop in and go, hey, hero. Send me an email. Drop me a line. I did this thing. Is this? What is it? Uh, yeah, amazing. And also sort of talking about people who maybe are going to go off and write their own spin-offs based on something dropped in or whatnot. Um, Pookie the Bloodsucker asks, uh, what's been your favourite fan theory you've seen hovering around sort of online about about the show or anything like that? Has anybody come up with anything 
wild and wonderful. I haven't seen anything. Oh, wow. Disappointing fans. Hey, get on it, fandom. What? I would possibly count the the differing fan art presentations of how the presenter looks possibly as a sort of fan theorizing because they're all very they're good. all very good and that's and they can all be true all at once isn't that wonderful mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah no i haven't seen it i think again it's kind of that interesting thing where because this wasn't necessarily a really plot heavy show yeah. It doesn't really lend itself to that sort of theorizing. I think your future projects absolutely will, but this kind of, it was sort of what you see is what you get. Yeah, that kind of fan activity usually takes place in a certain space that is left by certain types of canon. Mm-hmm. And Monstrous Agonies, you know, it's not really a fan theory to be like, oh, I think there's probably a music segment on the station. Like, that's just a cool thing that you can think about like that you know that's that's fine that's not you know um i I suppose there's been a little bit of chat about like what uh how old is the presenter and what's their relationship with the station and and how does that whole thing work um but i think most of what i've seen is people going isn't that weird huh yeah (laughs) (laughs) they're like did they say the holy roman empire that doesn't seem like when radio was a thing. And I'm like, oh, it's weird, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you kind of, you purposefully didn't write it as if the show had some central mystery that needs needed solving. And therefore, it, it just didn't really come up, did it? It just wasn't really a thing. I remember a really early, I think it was a review, maybe it was just a, uh, somebody recommending it. Um, but they were like, if you need a break from all of your red string theory podcasts. <laughs> no, totally, totally. You know, if you just want to listen to something that is what it is, and you just take it at that. <laughs> this is what it is. Beautiful. This is what it is. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So a total diversion from questions about the podcast. Beth wants to know, f*** marry kill or... Snog, marry, avoid, if you'd prefer. You are, after all, a Quaker. We used to play kiss, cuddle, kick in the shins at the peace centre. Because <laughs> avoid just isn't quite... It's not the same, I'm like, is I it? don't want to avoid him. I don't want to kill him. I do want to kick him in the shins. <laughs> so kiss, cuddle, kick in the shins, werewolves, vampires, demons. I'm going to shock nobody by saying, I'm going to kiss a demon. I'm going to cuddle a werewolf. I'm going to kick a vampire in the shins. Yep. And you can match that up with the any version of that question you like, and it's going to be the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I probably completely would agree with you there, just to be really, really boring about it. Like, obviously you want to cuddle a werewolf. Obviously. Yeah. Vampire yeah. is not going to be a good for a cuddle. Like, there's just, it's going to be cold. Room temperature. Yeah, at best. At best. Demon... Oh, they can do really weird things with their tongue. Yeah. But I also think, like, I would accept, I think a demon would do a really good flourish, like, little kiss on the hand. Oh, yeah. Possibly to seal a bargain or something, so that would be nice. And then... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think a vampire, they've probably done something to deserve being kicked in the shin, at least a little bit. Also, I think think the vampire would be the funniest when upset, because it's just a guy. They're just just like, hey! And you're like, what are you going to do, bite me about it? (laughs) So some rapid fire questions from our pal Art. They want to know, 
If you were stuck on an endless train journey, how long would it take you to go insane? A wooden skill issue. <laughs> skill issue. Yeah, I'd be fine. I love trains. Yeah, same. I love to be going places. I, I like moving from A to B. Mm -hmm. It's good. Yeah, I really like being on trains. Art, uh, I would recommend next time you're stuck in this situation, get a little first class upgrade. Have you tried just having money about it, Art? <laughs> yeah, just stop being poor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know that that Paris Hilton shirt didn't say that? I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I didn't understand that that was a reference. <laughs> did you watch Barbie 2023? And what did you think of Barbie no, 2023? nothing. I did. I loved it. This is rapid fire, so unfortunately I can't get into... We don't have time. Plus also, if we did, it would be a full other podcast episode. But suffice to say, I loved it very much. I cried a lot. I laughed a lot. Uh, perfect. Amazing. 10 out of 10. No notes. If you were in a The Thing 1982 situation, would you survive? I ran this past my partner because it's one of his favourite movies. Um, and I was like, I think I'd be fine. And he was like, huh, that's a take. <laughs> but I do because I think I I would know those men by the time the alien showed up and i would be able to tell biblically know them Whee. also i i definitely believe that i would have survived the franklin expedition so i think asking me would i survive in the arctic alone with some hairy men i'm like yeah 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 uh, i'd be fine i would not survive i'm fine with this if you were in an alien 1979 situation who would you rather f sigourney weaver's character or the xenomorph why does Sig why is Xenomorph named but not Sigourney Weaver's character? I don't know. You'd have to ask Art. Because Art's a misogynist. Cancelled! <laughs> Say her name. It's Ripley. <laughs> yeah, absolutely the Xenomorph. 100%. Yeah. Art, you know that this is a show for monster f***ers, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Alex wants to know, what is the presenter's favourite mode of transport? And also, what is Mab's favourite mode of transport? Train. Easy. Both train. Both train. For different reasons. The presenter's reasons are autistic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And Mab's reasons? Uh, she likes to go on the murder train. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. She feels deep kinship with the murder train. I should have said one of the questions earlier was, uh, when was your, one of your favourite letters to perform? Murder train has to be up there. I loved, I loved being that murder train. I think I should be allowed to do murders. Just a little one. Just a little. I'm such a good Quaker. Otherwise, yeah, should be your little reward. Yeah, that would be that would be that could be like the next great sort of speculative, like slightly dark fiction where it's like yeah. every five years the best Quakers get to do a murder, <laughs> and you spend those five years planning who you're going to get to do the murder on. Mm -hmm. Let's write it. Banger of a TV series. Don't get a lot of Quaker bangers, do you? No. No. Hosier? Tell you what, Hosier's doing a lot of heavy lifting for the Quaker banger selection. <laughs> All of these following questions are from Alex. So let's go. Ooh. Let's get on with them. Let's go, lesbians. In the Monstrous Agonies universe, how are investigations conducted when fingerprints of transformative genuses can change at will? Write a fig about it. If creatures such as dragons, wyverns, and pegasus exist, how is airspace regulated? Are airports forced to shut down because of a migration of harpies? Write a fig about it. What places, other than Berlin, are Mab and the presenter going to go to? Florence. 
and write a fic about it. What would happen if someone sent a cursed chainmail to an immortal, or more importantly, to Station? <sighs> write a scary fic about it. What would happen if a hive mind fell in love with a person? Gestalt bee consciousness! <laughs> Is what we do in the shadows a documentary or mockumentary in the Monstrous Saganese universe? It's incredibly offensive. It's deeply offensive. <laughs> Everyone was super upset about it. Can't believe they were doing fang face. I can't believe they were doing fang face on television. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Heinous. Yucko. Yep, so it's a mockumentary but it's in very poor taste. <laughs> Except for Matt Berry, who is the only vampire hired on the entire cast. Yes, yes, absolutely. Jan Kaltrop. Or Jan Kaltrop. Or Jan Kaltrop. Jan, 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 Samwise Gamgee and Janwise Cantrip. John Jacob <laughs> Jingleheimer Schmidt. I don't know what that is. His name is my name too. Okay. Jan Kaltrop says... Tell us about some cats that you know. There is a cat who lives not very far away from me, who is a little fat round boy. And as soon as he sees anybody coming, he trots out and he runs over with his tail in the air going meow, 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 and he flops down with his fluffy little tummy up because he is a little tart. Aww. And of course, you stop and you stroke it. And then invariably someone's like, oh, he does that to everyone. And you're like, yes. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Absolutely. Just stop trying to slut shame this beautiful baby. He's just a tarty little boy and I love him. He's, he's shaped a little bit like a cartoon bomb. <laughs> The cat that I know best is a special little lady by the name of Special Agent Dale Cooper, who is my cousin's cat, but I lived with my cousin for several years and so know her very intimately. She's wonderful. And when she goes outside, she will come back in the house at about six in the morning, screaming the house down to let you know that she has arrived. <laughs> She's home! Yeah, you have to wake up and go, oh yes, welcome home, good job, good job, come and lie down for a bit, and then she'll come and curl up and be very cute. And the other morning, because I was staying at his for an evening, we both woke up in the morning after hearing her do her wow, 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 wow. And Matthew, my cousin, went out into the hall and went, oh, she's brought us a present. And I went, oh God, like what she brought in, you know, thinking mouse or bird or whatever. And he went, it's, it's a chicken nugget. <laughs> she <laughs> Somewhere. That's so considerate it's of so her. lovely. And like, you know, she hadn't even tried to eat it. Like she'd brought it back whole for us. For you. There are just thing the thing about cats is there are so many of them, and pretty much all of them are absolutely brilliant. They're really good. Big cat fan. I'm never upset to see a cat. As an absolute massive one around the corner from us. He's this huge ginger boy. He's like, he's a bit like my boyfriend in that he's, uh, if you see him out of context, he looks normal sized. And then you put him around regular sized people and he, he looks like an optical illusion. Um, <laughs> and this cat, you keep getting closer and closer to this cat and you think he must be, I must be nearly at the cat because it's huge. And you just keep walking and it never gets any closer. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It's like Mount Doom. It's phenomenal. <laughs> and then you finally get there and you realize you, you, it's, it's the size of a Mini Cooper. Like, it's just Perfect. phenomenal. Oh, big fan. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. That brings us to the end of our rapid fire round. And um, this means we're almost at the end of the Q&A. 
And the end of Monstrous Agonies. End of Monstrous Agonies all over again, babe. The end of the world as we know it. Here we go. This is it. And I feel spaghetti. Spaghetti compass inside that chest, just noodling around. <laughs> so, Chalkless wants to know, do you actually plan on doing any more, like, Monstrous Agonies bonus content? Or maybe a holiday special? It definitely won't be a holiday special, because I don't really like them. <laughs> Um, I don't have any plans to, but I also don't have any plans not to. I mean, it's right there. You know, the universe is just sitting there. It's It would be so easy to dip into and do some, some extra stuff if the spirit moved me. Um, it isn't moving me at the minute, but we'll see. I'm not ruling it out. Alex wants to know, and I think quite a lot of people would want to know this, are you going to keep up the Montrose Agony's Tumblr? Yes, stay on the Monstrous Agonies social media. Um, I will be updating them with um, other announcements and things uh, going forwards. So I'm not I'm not abandoning the the MA Tumblr or the MA Twitter. So just stick around. And uh, yes, yes, it will. It will continue. <laughs> it will. Now, usually this is the bit where the question's like, "When's the next season gonna start?" But uh, it's not. Yeah, it's not. But instead of that, Grave Robin and Ella, and I'm sure pretty much everyone who's listening. Countless millions. If they have kept listening up until this point, they're probably going to want to know, what's next? What are you working on? What have you got? What have you got lined up? What's going on? I wake up in the morning and I say, what's going on? That's the song, isn't it? It's kind of, it's almost the song. It's not quite the song, but yeah, you're almost there. Yeah. He goes outside and takes a deep breath. Does he? Does he do that? Yeah, he man. (laughs) (laughs) I stand wildly corrected. (laughs) What's next? Um, I have one very, very tangible and exciting thing that I can tell you. A new podcast will be launching on November the 2nd? Probably. Um, That's what we're aiming at. That's the date that is on the spreadsheet. It's in the calendars. It will be of a similar size to Monstrous Agonies, as in single voice, mine. Fairly short episodes. Um, I'm not going to give too much away, but that is the really tangible thing that is coming up. Like I said, stick around on the Monstrous Agonies social media. I will be making so much noise about it. You won't miss it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, so that's the that's the the next one that I know is coming in a in a very definite way. Um and then I'm also working on a full cast audio drama. I have just started the third draft, I think. Um sort of licking it into shape. And that is a bit more nebulous because it is such a bigger project. Yes, I think I think don't anybody hold their breath waiting for that one. It is coming, but it's probably at least another year, I would say, Dan. Yeah, at least. yeah realistically. But it's it's very good and you're going to be very excited about it. It's very good. And it's multi-season as well, so. And there's a plan for most of it. It's going to pretty much all be done by the time you hear it. Isn't that exciting? Right? Yeah, so that's that's the the main two, really. There are a couple of other things noodling around in my head that I think will be really cool, but they're not in any any shape to be 
spoken of in polite company. So keep an eye out and I'm not actually being murdered at the end of this episode. I hope. Sophie's looking very enigmatic about that. <laughs> no. That's I, alarming. No, 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 no. I'm not going to. I thought that was an easy joke, but no. I'm not going to murder you, but guess what? I'm going to be really sincere with you. Oh, no, don't. Nah. Oh, I'm so sweaty. Sophie, I've been <laughs> sitting here so long. I'm so sweaty. Just look. Oh. Shut up for a second. Too sweaty for sincerity. You can be sweaty and bask in this sincerity. I don't think I'm going to bask. I think I speak for everybody when I say how proud I am of you and how really, on a very personal level, like I'm so grateful to have been involved in this with you. And I hope that um, I'm, I know that the listeners feel the same way and those people who got to be part of it. What a cool thing. And yeah, I just think you're brilliant. And I'm really excited to follow along and edit all of your insane mistakes out. And uh, I look... God, the one I sent you where you were like, this is bad. This is yeah, bad. It was bad. And... um. I look forward to many more panicked phone calls from you in the future of, Sophie, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Sophie, what does it mean? What, what is doing? the plot, Sophie? Sophie. <laughs> Thank you. That was uh, agonizing, appropriately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my monstrous agony, is being told to my face that people are proud of me and that I did well. And I'm like, ah, oh, shucks. Thanks. Whereas I'm normal about everything. You're normal about everything, famously. I've never been abnormal in my life. Not once. Never. And that's it. Um, yeah, I feel like I should make a big speech. Speech, 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 speech. Like, oh, thanks, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's the speech. (laughs) That's it. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thanks, everyone. It was good, wasn't it? Say, in the presenter voice, say, I eat pussy like a madman. Listener, have you considered eating pussy like a champ? (laughs) I've been practicing it every morning since the year dot, and I have to say, it certainly agrees with me. (laughs) There you go, everyone. There's your new ringtone. Enjoy. That brings us to the end of part two of the Q&A and the end of Monstrous Agonies. Thanks again to Sophie B for joining me and a very special thank you to our beautiful volunteer Rachel who produced the transcript. Hello and welcome to our latest supporter on Patreon, Sean. If you're able, please consider joining them with a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash monstrousagonies or making a one-off donation at ko-fi.com slash hrowen. You can also support the show by sharing with your friends and familiars and following us on Tumblr at monstrousagonies and on Twitter at monstrous underscore pod. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme tune is Dakota by Unheard Music Concepts. Thanks for listening and remember, the real monsters are the friends we made on the way. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 